Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning, August the 25th, 2021, 702 in the state of Arizona here on uh, ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Good morning and welcome. Uh, we have plenty of news to get into today, a lot of uh, a lot of reaction from things that were announced yesterday, early on yesterday, to be honest. Uh, a lot of stuff happening around the 11 o'clock noon hour as it pertains to the world of college football and specifically to the world of Arizona football, as Jed Fish took to the microphone in front of the media yesterday and announced who the starting quarterback would be. We'll have that coming up uh, very, very shortly because we will lead with that story as it is the most uh, prevalent and relevant here in the city of Tucson right now and uh, essentially what we are talking about. Sticking with things on campus, we'll discuss Tommy Lloyd's new assistant coach hire as uh, a new assistant coach was named yesterday. When we, before we signed off, I said he was looking for an experienced, high-level coach, and he got one, and it's a real good one. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show. An announcement was made yesterday that I, I won't say it didn't, it didn't shake the world of college football. I think we kind of we, we kind of figured out what it was that they were going to be discussing as the three commissioners from the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 had a joint press conference, a digital press conference yesterday announcing the alliance of those three conferences and what that would entail. We'll have that coming up because although they didn't give us any new, any like real meat on the bone to chew on here, but there is still plenty to glean from the words that were, that were said and uh, the, the message that was sent yesterday from those three commissioners. We'll also have plenty of news and notes from the NFL as we talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show as well as MLB and whatever else is sticking in our craw today. But we will open up with the press conference yesterday. Jed Fish making the announcement that he will be going with two quarterbacks to start the BYU game, not two at the same time. Uh, the, he did not name a starter. There was not a QB1 in the room uh, on this football team yet. And he announced yesterday that uh, the two quarterbacks will be Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. Now, there was a lot of, obviously, a lot of chatter on, on this on the on the socials yesterday. But uh, I was trying to, you know, just kind of keep up. I was extremely busy yesterday, but uh, trying to keep up with some of that. I know people aren't exactly excited about the, you know, the the, the announcement of a two quarterback system because, and even look, even Jed, he he even uh, you know addressed that during his press conference. Like, I know that this isn't, like, the perfect situation. I know that modern-day thinking is that a two-quarterback system doesn't work. But I was a part of two two seasons at Florida where the system worked quite well under Steve Spurrier, and uh, eventually they were able to come out of that each season with, you know, who the starting quarterback was going to be. He mentioned the quarterback duel between Rex Grossman and Jesse Palmer in 2000. That football team won a lot of football games. And also we know, of course, what happened with uh, with Rex Grossman, his success in college, and, of course, getting the Bears to the Super Bowl in the NFL. Not to say that that was the case, but, again, you know, 
a, a fabulous coach like Steve Spurrier is able to do a two-quarterback system at Florida when they're competing for national championships. Arizona can certainly do it here when they're trying to get off a 12-game losing streak with a brand-new coaching staff. Now, I, I will say this. Jed Fish did seem disappointed uh, at the microphone yesterday that neither quarterback rose to the top, that, they never, that neither one separated themselves from the other. And I can understand that frustration. I can understand the disappointment. Uh, he just seemed like, you know, I, I kind of have to do this. Um, but I do like what he said when, you know, when he was discussing why he came to the decision. You know, the other day he said he was going to go with his gut. I'm going to go with my gut on this. And apparently his gut told him that he needed to go with two quarterbacks and that two quarterbacks are better than one. I thought the one thing that he said or one of the things that he said yesterday that made a lot of sense and that I bought into, um, he said, quote, I tried to avoid the thought process regarding the pros and cons of the two quarterback system, which are generally, uh, you know, considered taboo this day and age and or frowned upon at least by the uh, by the fans and many coaches. He said, quote, I wanted to put the people first. In my mind, to stand there and look at Will and say, I've gone with Gunner, and then when Will says, well, why? And I say, because I've gone with Gunner, that's not a good answer. Uh, I agree. That's not a good answer. You can't just go to your quarterback whom you've said, we're having an open competition here, then say, uh, I've gone with the other guy. When He's obviously going to say, why? He's not going to go, okay, cool, walk off. He's going to be like, why, coach? Well, uh, because that's my decision, and that's final. Okay, that's, that's how you ruin relationships with people, right? So, Jetfish doing the best that he can. There wasn't obvious separation. As he mentioned in the press conference, he says, you know, he says, we saw growth out of both guys. He said, we knew what we were getting when we, when we got here in both of those quarterbacks. We knew that Gunner had the big arm, could challenge downfield, over the top, uh, needed to take more plays where the easier option was available instead of trying to consistently trying to pressure the ball down the field. He said he has done that. He says where, in, you know, at the beginning of camp, he was constantly trying to throw 60-yard bombs down the field the entire time that near the end of camp, he decided to start going with the, with the easier throws, getting the, the, the depletion percentage up, getting the balls into the hands of his playmakers. Whereas Will was the exact opposite. Will was a guy who was going to, um, and I can't remember the, the exact word that, that Jed used, but it was, it was a, a, a very appropriate word to use when talking about a quarterback who's a dinker and a dunker, a guy who just takes the quick, easy uh, pass to the underneath guy. Will Plummer was that guy coming into camp, and by the time camp had broken, uh, he, he, you know, he, found that he felt that, that Will Plummer was a guy who was deciding to challenge can challenge the defense down the field over the top and trying to go deep with the ball to his receivers when those types of plays occurred. So both guys showed growth in the areas. Um, he said that both were very mature about their reactions and the way that uh, they responded when he told them that there was going to be a two-quarterback system. Now, Gunner Cruz, he did say that Gunner Cruz is going to start the BYU game. He's going to be the, the first quarterback out onto the field and that each quarterback, both Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer, will have their own sets of scripted plays. When he was asked about his philosophy on scripted plays, he's not, he's not going to be like, I'm going to dump my 20 best plays out there and see if we can score twice on, our, you know, on, on, each of our, score on each of our first two drives and get an early lead and try to play with the lead that way. Um, 
essentially he's going to script plays based on where we can test certain points of the defense. We need we need to test their edges. We need to test their center. We need to test uh, their deep you know their deep coverage. We need to test this. So they're going to develop a script that is going to essentially kind of get a look at what they're dealing with the rest of the day, which tells you that they're confident in their ability to make adjustments, you know, in the second quarter, halftime adjustments, second half adjustments, things like that. Uh, They're confident in their ability to do that. So what does this mean for what we're going to see next Saturday? Because, look, they take the field next Saturday against BYU in Las Vegas. I will be there, by the way. Uh, Just got confirmation uh, last night that the the credential is good to go. And so I'm going to be heading out to Vegas. I'm going to book my hotel today and uh, head out to Vegas and, and go uh, go check out the first game. I really wanted to be there for the very first game. I think it's important to be there, be with the team, um, and with this uh, with this new uh, regime that has taken over um, and, and just kind of see what the, what the product is and get the feel uh, for, you know, for how everybody's feeling, the players, coaches, and such. So what it looks like is, you know, he, he's he said, you know, it's funny that Fish, I don't remember this. I, I was watching college football every every minute I possibly could all the way, you know, high school and uh, and all the way till today, actually. He said in 1999 at Florida, they had a quarterback platoon, and in the first game, Florida played number three in the country, Florida State, and they, they traded off every play. I can't believe that. Like, they were – I can't believe that Steve Spurrier was running guys in and out there on every play, new quarterbacks on every play, but – it's a way to send in plays, you know. You you send in a play with your quarterback, go, and, and you know he goes out there, gets in the huddle. Here's the play, guys. Okay, that play's over. He comes out. Next guy comes in with the play. That's one way to do it. I don't remember that game. I feel like I would have watched that game. It probably would have been on ESPN or or you know one of the one of the marquee matchups for that weekend. Uh, but Florida didn't. End, they did end up beating Florida State that day in an upset with a, apparently a quarterback platoon that was one play on, one play off, which is insane to think about. Uh, but it worked. I mean, Steve Spurrier was – he's a magic man. He could, he could figure out a lot of ways to get wins out of his football teams. That's not the way this is going to work. Um, this is going to be Gunnar Cruz running out there for one or two series. Then it's going to be Will Plummer for one or two series, similar to, I think, what we saw with um, – you know, when, when Khalil Tate was platooning here under, the, under Kevin Sumlin and uh, Noel Mazzoni. I don't want to compare too much to that because obviously they're very different uh, situations, but the type of rotation that we saw I think is what we're going to see. We're not going to see Will Plummer in there on third down, you know, third and two, you know, like you would see in New Orleans. Let's say Jameis Winston starting quarterback. You're going to see Taysom Hill rotated in for certain situations. I don't think that's going to be the case here at Arizona. It's going to be the Gunner Cruz show for two series. That's going to be the Will Plummer show for two series, and they're going to see who rises to the top then. Sometimes you don't get a chance to see the guy who does best in practice, as was pointed out by uh, my good friend and colleague Shane Dale, who took over for the uh, the Wildcat Country uh, podcast for me. Actually, I'm going to be on the podcast today with them. Um, he took over the Wildcat Country podcast, very, very, very popular podcast that that uh, that I started five years ago, and uh, Shane Dale has taken over, and and he and Eric Cohen are are taking it and running with it. They're doing a fantastic job with it, and. Uh, he said, you know, he said yesterday that in camp, you know, in in the competition between Matt Scott and Nick Foles, in camp, Matt Scott was the better player. But once game time started, it was obvious who the better quarterback was. It was Nick Foles. 
uh, you know, record holder at Arizona and everything, and obviously he's gone on to have a fabulous career in the NFL. So sometimes you just can't tell in practice who the gamer is, who the guy is, who's going to be the one to rally the team, who the team rallies behind, essentially. And those are all things that Jed Fish is going to take into account. I'm going to be very patient with this because, look, we have to be. You can't expect greatness. You can't expect results right away. This is, go- this is a work in progress. Remember, folks, this is a head coach who is going to be strolling the sideline for a, for a college football game for the first time with that HC badge on his chest. So he's learning as he goes as well, and we're going to have to kind of go along with that, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, how, you know, however the fans feel about this. This is, this is what we're going to this we're going to be working with for at least the first game. It's unfortunate that we don't get NAU as a tune-up game, right? Like the first, a lot of times first game of the season is NAU, and it would be fine to kind of do that and, and run a two-quarterback platoon system out there for the first game against an FCS opponent that you, you know you can just kind of line up, run the football. You should be okay. You don't really have to challenge the defense. But in other sense, I think it's good they're going to go out there against BYU, a team that's ranked, a team coming off a huge year last year, and a team who's been talking a lot of smack, I'm going to be honest with you, a team that's been boasting themselves quite, uh, quite big over this, uh, this offseason, specifically over the last few weeks. And I don't, I'm not specifically about the players and the coaches. I think there's plenty of that going on behind closed doors. But uh, the media and the people around the team have really been, really been puffing that team up. So um, I, I kind of like the fact that they're going to go out there against BYU and they're going to have to have a game plan to win big football games instilled into that uh, into that particular uh, you know for the for the offense there they have to have a game plan to win a game against a top flight opponent a, a ranked opponent so they're going to have to go out there it's trial by fire this is the game plan we're going to throw our best plays at them we're going to do the best we can with the players that we've got that are healthy and by the way Jed Fish did address that he said there's 117 players there I'll tell you why there's 117 coming up in a little bit, uh, as opposed to the 118 number that we've been talking about all season long. There's 117 now. One player has left the program. We'll get into that. Um, for those 117 guys, he said that all 117 are going to be healthy, even all the guys on the defensive line that have been sitting out, Keon Bars, J.B. Brown, Trey Mason, you know, all, you know, all the guys, uh, uh, Parrish Shan, all the – all the defensive linemen that have been sitting out, the offensive linemen that have had some some injury issues, they're all going to be ready to go for next Saturday, September 4th in Las Vegas. He says he's expecting a fully healthy team. They've got practice today, tomorrow, uh, and then Friday, and then they're done until the following week. He said he's going to get an, an official depth chart on Monday, but then he, uh, he, he acknowledged Jason Shear. Jason does a great job covering the team, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Gets a lot of inside information. Does a good job with that. He said that Jason pretty much nailed the the depth chart. And yeah, I, I mean, I was right there with him. I, I feel like the depth chart is very similar to uh, to what Jason had posted. Uh, I think he posted it on on his website uh, a day or two ago. And I've got a very similar one myself. I had it actually ready for yesterday, but without the quarterback announcement, I didn't want to reveal what I thought the depth chart would be, or you know, my prediction for what the depth chart would look like without the announcement of a quarterback. And now we have the dual quarterback system. And, I mean, to be 100% honest with you, based on what I heard Saturday night from his press conference, 
there was a little line in there that a lot of people may have missed. I picked up on it right away when he was, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here, when they were ta- when they were asking about the quarterback, he, he talked at length about, you know, this, and we saw these things, we saw guys improve, and he slipped in a little line there, maybe, maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally, I don't know, but he said, I'm going to talk with Coach Brennan, Coach Doherty, and we're going to lay out, we're going we're, we're to talk about how we're going to lay out next week. Basically, like, what, is, what does our two-quarterback system look like? I even mentioned yesterday, based on that little quote, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a two-quarterback system. And then, lo and behold, at his press conference, the two-quarterback system was announced. So I'm not surprised. I'm not disappointed. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a terrible decision. You never go with a two-quarterback. Look, again, we need to be patient with, the, with these guys. It's a brand-new system. They're all freshmen. I mean, they're, they're all freshmen in, the, in, this, in this particular system. Uh, you know, Gunnar Cruz has thrown seven passes in his college career. He's going to a brand-new system where a brand-new coaching staff is together. They're working together for the first time. This is all brand-new to everybody. I don't mind that they're going to go out there with two quarterbacks and see who rises to the top in game situations. And interestingly enough, you know, he said the way that, that things have worked in practice is not a whole lot different from how they are in the game, which is how you want it, right? You, you want to practice how you play. You want the practice to emulate the game as closely as you possibly can. That's, that's how you win football games is to have great practices, practices that, that are, are able to model or mock an actual game itself, game, game situations. And in practice, it's been Gunner for a couple of series with the ones, and it has been Will with a couple of series with the ones. So, it's it's going to model that same thing. We're just going to see it as a clock is ticking down and points matter and there's statistics going on and wins and losses matter. That's the only difference. Uh, and they're going to be going up against people who want to knock their blocks off. So we'll see how all you know how all that plays out. But again, I, I'm not like I'm not disappointed when when the when the announcement came yesterday. I was like, yeah, okay. I I, I kind of expected that. I get it. I just hope it's not a season-long thing. If it's a season-long thing, I'm going to be disappointed because that tells me that the quarterback room isn't as good as we'd hoped it would be. Because if you have a great quarterback room, you have a great quarterback. You have one great quarterback. You have some good quarterbacks, some really good quarterbacks possibly, but you have one great quarterback in a great quarterback room. And we need to find out who that great quarterback is going to be for the remainder of this season. And hopefully we find out at the end of the BYU game who that player is. Check out NFL Cover 2, covering the latest NFL news every weekday on Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 here on ESPN Tucson. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing here in Arizona. So a projected depth chart. What does Arizona's starting lineup, offensive and defensive side of the ball, look like? We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. FanDuel Daily Fantasy Sports and FanDuel Sportsbook are coming soon. And Arizona's going to start heating up because not only does FanDuel's Daily Fantasy Contest go live this Saturday, August the 28th, but FanDuel Sportsbook coming September 9th when everything goes live for sports betting here in the state of Arizona. Super, super excited for that. 
Um, the fa- the daily fantasy contests are really cool. I have uh, buddies in Tennessee who play. They talk about it all the time. They're like, well, you got to get on this. I'm like, I, I, I will. It's like, can't do it yet legally, uh, but you will be able to do soon, starting this Saturday. Easy to enter, 100% secure. Most of all, it's tons of fun. Like, you can go head-to-head against thousands of, of fans from the different major sports, real cash prizes, and they have now for uh, for the NFL season coming up, you can play in a private league. You can I can get my buddies in Tennessee, and I can be like, we oh, can play this weekly fantasy football draft where you draft a new team every single week, and there's cash prizes and all this other stuff involved in that. And it's you know you have to deal with the season-ending injuries, draft busts, or crooked GMs and owners who make CD trades throughout the season. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. FanDuel is also America's number one sports book coming soon with the best betting lines. Lots of promotions for new and existing customers, fast payouts, and a safe, secure, easy-to-use app. It is easy to use. I can't get as deep into it as I want to because it's illegal in the state of Arizona. But from what I've played with so far, super simple. Looking forward to it. Visit FanDuel.com slash Arizona today to learn more. That's FanDuel.com slash Arizona. Agent location restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Let's talk about the depth chart for Arizona football. We discussed the quarterback position. We know how that's going to go. It's going to be a platoon of Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. Based on, and this is this is the chart that I made over the weekend based on things that I saw in practice, people that I talked to, and things that I've seen in the scrimmages. And just kind of just basically like how I assess the players. Like this guy's a talented player. We know he's going to play. He's been there for a while. Uh, we know he's going to start. Let's start at the, at the tailback position. Arizona rich with tailbacks. Some really good ones also. Michael, Michael Wiley has really changed his body. He went from a being a third down only back over the last two seasons. He's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be running back one. He's going to be the feature back at Arizona this year, um, at least for the you know for the foreseeable future. There's going to be some rotational backs coming in. Stevie Rocker has played well. Drake Anderson has played extremely well. I was really impressed with what I saw out of Jalen John at the uh, at the scrimmage over the weekend as well. And there's been a lot of people who have spoken glowingly about him. He's just a freshman, uh, but he looks good as well. But it's going to be Wiley number one, and then a rotation of Rocker and Anderson and Jalen John possibly working his way into some of the rotation, maybe on uh, some third down or some late game situations and stuff. If Arizona's, uh, if there's a, if there's a large deficit in the uh, in the score, could see some Jalen John. But as it stands right now, Wiley's your number one guy in the backfield. As far as wide receivers go, we didn't expect it to be this wealthy for Arizona. But right now, they've got a slew of wide receivers, and they don't even have one of their best ones available because, uh, as, as we've talked about before, you know, Jamari Joyner is still hurt. He's not healthy. And Jed Fish says he's going to be healthy for BYU. Not sure exactly how that's going to play out, but he, is, he has turned himself into a very good receiver. He's an excellent athlete, uh, and he'll be in the mix once he is healthy. But as it stands right now, the, th- the two wide receivers who have really stood out, and we knew they were going to be because they're the most seasoned veterans and they're extremely talented, Stanley Barry Hill, B.J. Castile, Brian, formerly Brian Castile, now B.J. Castile. Uh, B.J. had a huge game at the scrimmage on Saturday. He's definitely going to be in, the, in, you know, in there for, for the starting group. Um, Booby Curry has shown a lot of promise and a lot of growth 
during this offseason, obviously a very highly touted uh, high school receiver out of Texas. Tavian Cunningham, we keep we continue to call his name because he keeps scoring touchdowns in practice, uh, and we know his ability to really burn the uh, the defense deep. So he's going to be an option as well. Jalen Johnson and the team and the coaches have spoken really highly of Dorian Singer and Anthony Simpson. So they've got a ton of guys there. I think just rolling it out there, I think Arizona's going to, when they, when they go three receiver set, which is going to be fairly often, that it will be Barry Hill and Castile and probably Booby Curry. But depending on the situation, if they want to run jets, uh, if they want to run flies, things like that, you're going to see Tavian Cunningham on the field. They could have Cunningham on the field anyway and then line him up in the backfield and things like that and use him out of, out of, out of those situations as well. You've got to get a guy like that the ball. You just have to. I just don't know if he's going to start over a guy like Booby Curry. And then look for guys like Jalen Johnson and Singer and Simpson. And, of course, when Jamari Joyner gets healthy, he goes into the mix as well. It, it is a wealth of talent at wide receiver, and uh, it's good to have that because there will be a lot of outlets to get the ball to for our quarterbacks. Speaking of that, tight ends going to be heavily featured in this offense. We saw at the scrimmage, there was about three series of offense that were scripted there during that scrimmage on Saturday night that were specifically designed for tight end plays, tight end catches, and all the guys got plays, right? Wolma, Lines got a touchdown. Stacey Marshall got a catch. Okay, uh, Roberto Miranda, uh, he, he got a couple of catches in the game as well. Wolma's your starting guy. He's your number one tight end number one by far far and away uh best tight end on, you know in the group after that you got guys like alex lines and staley marshall stacy marshall who are going to get in there on reps especially when they go too tight set 21 and 22 personnel you're going to see both those guys out there and don't sleep on zach williams as well i think he could he could possibly uh get in there and and uh um you know have some have some effect in the games as well but your number one guy is bryce walma he's going to be out there the, the lion's share of the time but then Lines and Marshall will kind of back him up. Finishing out the offense, offensive line, we're very confident in what the offensive line is going to look like, and so is the staff. Um, it's a situation where they've got two guys on the bench that aren't going to be starting, in my opinion, at least as far as I know. That's just my, my prediction. they got two guys that are very good football players. Um, one of them has come a long way in his, in his development, Edgar Barola. Uh, has come a long way, and he, he's you know he's a guy that is definitely going to be one of the first guys off the bench should somebody get hurt, rolled up on, or if somebody's just not performing, um, or you know committing penalties or things like that. Josh Baker being the other one, Josh can play all over the place. Uh, love to have Josh Baker, including he can play backup center, which is huge. Uh, your left tackle going from left to right. Left tackle is going to be Jordan Morgan. We know that very talented left tackle. We know he's a starting LT. Then you got Donovan Lay. The left guard, that left side is going to be stout. Uh, such a good left side for Arizona this year. Josh McCauley, fantastic center. We love what we see out of Josh. Uh, and then you got Josh Donovan to his right. He'll be the right guard. And we're pretty sure Peyton Fears is going to be the right tackle. Although there could be some, you know, there could be some movement there. Um, but I, I do think that Peyton Fears is going to be the right tackle, just uh, based on things that I've heard history and things that I've heard. Now quickly move into the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> because, look, first of all, you've you got to have a ton of rotational guys on the defensive line anyways. You're going to be playing a bunch of different dudes out there. 
The only one that I mean, I'm sure of three of the guys. I mean, I am dead sure of three of the starters. Mo Diallo, who just got here off the fishing boat from Spain. Okay, he's starting. He's impressive. Fantastically good football player. Jalen Harris, who's a nightmare uh, to for offenses to scheme against, and Trey Mason. Trey Mason's going to play. He's 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 awesome. Um, the rest of the guys, a lot of guys have been hurt. And then there's been some other guys that are solid that are just having a hard time breaking into the starting rotation. Guys like uh, Aaron Blackwell, um, you know, uh, Paris Shand has been hurt, obviously. J.B. Brown has been out. Like, all those guys are going to play. There's gonna, they're going to be rotational guys. Not even going to attempt defensive line. Linebacker is also an extremely difficult one because there have been so many guys that the coaches have spoke glowingly about, and based on what I've seen and what I've heard, I've seen a lot of great work at linebacker, and this is a this is a a, a, a system or a, a a position that we were extremely worried about. I mean, we talked about in the off season. You know, people that that I know that are close to the program are like, I don't know if we have anybody in the middle of the field to, to take care of the uh, you know the the middle section there, the linebackers. Well, thanks to the transfer portal and things, and Anthony Pandy stepping up and becoming one of the better players on this football team, who we know is going to be a starter. The linebackers, linebacker core is looking pretty good. You got five guys that are going to see considerable time at linebacker. Anthony Pandy, as I previously mentioned, Rashi Hodge, the freshman who everybody just glows about, uh, Trey Howard or Trey Hayward. I'm sorry, Trey Hayward. I would say Howard. Trey Hayward, the Central Michigan transfer, uh, or Western Michigan. Sorry, Western Michigan transfer. He's going to be in the mix. Isaiah Johnson and Jerry Roberts. All five of those guys are going to play. Anthony Pandy's going to be on the field the lion's share of the time. But all five of those dudes are going to play. They can all play, period. Corners, you got C. Rowe, Christian Roland Wallace. He's your number one, far and away your number one. Then you got Isaiah Rutherford. He's your number two guy. Th- those are th- that's, that's the easiest starting two on the entire team is, uh, is those two guys at corner. And then you've also got guys like Malik Hausman, who has played well, and he'll, we'll see him in some nickel and dime packages. And Traden Stukes, who really – has played every time I've seen him play. He's he's shown up and I've called his name. So he's around the ball a lot. He's a playmaker and uh, I like trading Stukes a lot. And at safety, look more wealth at safety. Uh, Jaden Young, Isaiah Taylor, of course, who showed out at the uh, scrimmage. You got Isaiah Mays who can play. Gunnar Maldonado, the the highly touted transfer. Ready Short and Jackson Turner. All those dudes can play. Like a wealth of talent at safety. And it's you know it kind of sucks because you're like. How many safeties can you play at a time? And then you got to have the Viper position as well, right? Christian Young's got that; he's got that locked up. You know, he, that's that's his to to you know to lose or give up if he wants to. Uh, Rourke Freeberg and John Burton. John Burton actually had a good game on Saturday night at the scrimmage. Um, I thought he played really really well uh, at the Viper position. But so that is essentially your your lineup, your depth chart, if you will, the guys you can expect to hear their names called next Saturday when they take on BYU in Las Vegas. And, uh, of course, we'll have some more follow-up on that. If there are any injury reports or anything like that, then uh, we will uh, we will be sure to update you on that as well. ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance are looking for the next big radio star. It could be you if you think you've got what it takes to do what we do. Submit a video, 60 seconds or less, to ESPNTucson.com. You've only got a couple days left to get those videos in because the voting starts August 27th. You could even get your video played on the air during the Spears and Ali show on weekdays here from 3 to 6. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance, only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. 
Stick around. More of the Jeff Dean Show after this on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now, no slight to Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. Okay, this is nothing, obviously nothing personal. People are talking about the two quarterback systems that have happened at Arizona in the past. Okay, First of all, Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer are not Matt Scott and Nick Foles. They are also not Keith Smith and Ortiz Jenkins. Of course, remember from the Dick Tomey era, 1998, Arizona goes 12-1. and Best season ever. Best season ever. OJ and Keith Smith are the platoon quarterbacks in that system. It's a very, very, very different system. The quarterbacks are required to run in those systems. Keith Smith, especially, fastest guy on the team, right? Uh, obviously, it worked. 12-1, and one, had a great defense. That helps. Uh, that certainly works. This day and age in college football, it's very different. Um, there were a lot of two-quarterback platoon systems going on in the 90s. And the offenses have evolved in different ways that don't lend themselves to the two-quarterback system very much anymore. Now, Arizona's system is an evolved system, but it is not a it is it, I, I don't believe it's going to be unless all the things that we've seen and, and the things that I've read and the things that I've heard are smoke screens, uh, which I don't believe them to be. Arizona's offense isn't going to look like your, you know, 48 points per game, sling the ball all over the field type of offense like you see in college football so intently right now. Um, Arizona is going to run a they're going to have a power running game. They're going to play two tight ends. Sometimes they're going to have the fullback in there. They'll run two wide, maybe three wide. And if necessary, they'll run stacks or trips or four wide um, in certain situations. But you won't see that a whole lot uh, out, of this Arizona, out of this Arizona offense. So we need to stop comparing that, okay? A, a lot of people have been like, oh, it worked with, with O.J. and Keith Smith. All due respect, these guys aren't going to cruise Will Plummer aren't. Ortiz Jenkins and Keith Smith, they're just, they're not. They're also not a lot of other guys out there. They are who they are. Gunnar Cruz, Will Plummer. Uh, Jed Fish says, we'll make it work. If it doesn't work, we'll go to plan B. And plan B is to figure out who played best and go with them. So, yeah, it, it, you could tell. You could tell in his press conference he, he was disappointed that neither quarterback had, had, uh, had taken the job from the other. And in the end, I think he made the right decision. I really do. He made the right decision to not go to one of those guys and say, uh, it's not you, it's the other dude, and then when asked why, to tell them, because I said so. That's not how you build relationships. That's not how you deal with people, especially an 18- or a 19-year-old young man who's getting his first shot at big program football. Okay, You just don't do that. So I believe that Jed Fish is doing the right thing here. He's going to let meritocracy uh, work its course and they're going to play it out on the field. Live bullets flying against BYU on September 4th, the best way to test their medal. That's, that's just he, – he hasn't seen enough out of them in, in camp, rightfully so. I wouldn't expect him to have seen, you know, that big a growth in that short amount of time. Obviously, neither one of them were able to take, uh, you know, to take that uh, baton and run with it faster than the other guy, so they're going to go with both of them. Now, the only concern that I have, and this is, this is the only concern that I have, is that 
a lot of people say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You have, you have none, essentially. Jed Fish says two quarterbacks are better than one. My concern is that maybe the quarterback room isn't as good as it should be for a Power 5 program. That's, that's the, only, the only concern that I have, is that like maybe we're just waiting for Noah Fafita to show up on campus and rescue the quarterback room. I don't think that's the case. I think that's, I think that's worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario is the quarterback room is just not up to snuff. It's not a Power 5, uh, not a quarterback room in, indicative of, of a Power 5 program, and we're just going to have to deal with it this year. That's not the case. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that's the case. That's my worst fear. That's worst-case scenario. Again, I don't think that's, that's the issue here. The issue is, is that they just don't have enough on either guy, and neither guy was able to rise above. So we will, uh, we will wait to see what the depth chart looks like. As he said, he was going to announce it. Uh, Jet Fisher is going to announce it on Monday as we get ready for the, uh, for the game against BYU. As I mentioned earlier, and I, I, would, I would touch on this, in his press conference, Jed Fish said 117 players, not 118, 117, because 118 has been the number all camp long. When asked why 117, he responded that Carson Coda, the tight end who had just uh, essentially joined the team last week, two, uh, two weeks ago, um, is no longer on the roster. He is going to school at U of A. He's enrolled. He's going to classes but he has some personal things that he's going to be dealing with, according to Jed Fish, and this, uh, this fall, and he's not going to be a part of the team. He's not going to be on the roster this year. So we'll see uh, how, that, how that plays out. Obviously, we talked about Carson uh, you know, being a, a young man who has a lot of football history in his family, and obviously he's dealing with something personal right now and won't be able to play some football. But uh, you know, the, the, the tight end room is deep. And we will welcome him back if he wants to play for Arizona next year. I'm sure that they will be uh, they'd be happy to, to have him back on the team if he decides that uh, that his personal issues that uh, whatever's going on have uh, gone by the wayside. He's taking care of them and uh, he's ready to play some football. So we will table the Arizona football discussion for a little while. There's not going to be a whole lot of news. There, there will be some some press conferences here and there that Jed Fish and his coaching staff will uh, will you know will say some things, but. Kind of right now, they're going behind the curtain. They're going to be Wizard of Oz for a little while. Nothing until no, – no big announcements probably until Monday when a depth chart is uh, is revealed for Saturday's game. We'll know who the healthy players are, if Jamari Joyner is going to be with the team and dressed for the game on Saturday against BYU. All that stuff kind of remains to be seen. So we won't have a whole lot unless something happens, you know. And listen, things happen, so – this is sports. This is news. So uh, unless something happens, we're probably not going to be talking a whole lot of Arizona football the rest of the week. But that doesn't mean that you can't join the program if you have some uh, opinions and such as well. I do have the um, – we did get the uh, – let, sh- let me make sure it's live. I don't want to announce it yet because we have an email. We have a show email. I just want to make sure that it's live. So we're going to go to break. I'm going to check the email to make sure it's live. And when we come back – I'll give you that email address. That way you can start emailing the show. You can email right from your phone, obviously. Uh, uh, you, you know, it's real super simple. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like Twitter. Trust me, I can't stand Twitter. I hate, I hate that I have to be on Twitter. But because of my job, I have to be on Twitter. I try not to engage people on Twitter too much, uh, but I have to be on it. And I know that a lot of you guys 
don't like to be on Twitter, and that's totally cool. I respect that. So you can't join the program. You can't interact with the program via Twitter. I've had the you know the 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 HR people, the nerds working on it uh, at the uh, at the studio to see if we could get that email up and running. I'm going to check that right now to make sure it is up and running when we turn. I'll have that uh, hopefully have that new address for you right there. We'll come back. And we'll finish up our number one. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right. Welcome back. Final segment of our number one. Today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Testing out the uh, <laughs> testing out the the email and uh, yeah no it's not live yet so uh, wait on that I got to send a message to the nerds and make sure that it's live and ready to go because we will have we do have a show email We're, it's it's like the the domain is set and everything we got all that stuff just gotta like flip the switch on so that it's working and that way you guys will be able to email the show and you can interact that way uh, just because we don't. We don't take callers. We don't have a call screener for the show or something like that. Just logistically, we just can't do it. And I don't. I'm not a big call taker, anyways. So, um, yeah. So we'll we'll let you know as soon as that goes live. But it's it's probably going to be something like Jeff Dean Show at ESPNTucson.com or something like that. Something super long and simple. Join Spears and Ali this Friday from three to six p.m. as they broadcast live. Get you ready for the University of Arizona college football season. They're going to be at Main Gate Square on University between Euclid and Park. Join the Tucson community as we preview our U of A football team season. Be there for uh, from three to six. Spears and Ali this afternoon. Or, I'm sorry, this Friday afternoon, and uh, Bear Down, Arizona. I agree. So we have the depth chart for Arizona football. We've got the Main Gate Square party going on this Friday. We're gearing up for football, which is a perfect time to talk basketball, <laughs> right? Um, I don't have a whole lot of time here to, to discuss this, so we won't get into it too much because i got a lot of other stuff I want to get into, and I want to talk about this a little more at length because I've only got a couple minutes here. Tommy Lloyd did hire a new assistant yesterday. We had spoken before we got off the air yesterday that uh, he was looking for a high-level uh, high assistant that has a lot of experience. Well, he got one. 63-year-old Steve Robinson was named the newest assistant coach to Tommy Lloyd's staff at Arizona, former assistant coach at Kansas and North Carolina, has spent the last 26 seasons with Roy Roy Williams. Can't talk this morning, sorry. He went, he and Roy Williams over the last 26 years went to seven Final Fours. They won three national championships together, and he was literally Roy's right-hand man. Wherever Roy was, Steve Robinson was. And if you've listened to my show, you know how much respect I have for Roy Williams. I think he's one of the most tremendous and gifted coaches we've had in college basketball possibly ever. Um, He's also one of the nicest and most giving and jovial guys to to be around. He always treated the media extremely well. He retired, obviously, this past season. And when North Carolina named Hubert Davis the heir apparent, to, uh, to, to Roy Williams, a lot of people at North Carolina were excited, and rightfully so. Chapel Hill is a, is a place steeped in tradition. However, when Hubert Davis decided not to retain Steve Robinson, I remember reading this, 
uh, fans were livid. Like, fans were really upset. Like, what are you going to do without Steve Robinson there? You, 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 how, can you, how can you have North Carolina basketball and not have Steve Robinson? He's, he's still, you know, he's 63 years old, so he's getting up there, but he's not ancient. Uh, and, you know, Hubert Davis needed someone with that kind of experience on his staff. It was just kind of expected that he was going to retain Steve Robinson, but he didn't. He hired all former North Carolina players to fill the assistant coaches, uh, you know, the, the assistant coaches bench out. So Steve Robinson was available, and I can't believe that he hadn't gotten picked up. I, I wasn't paying close attention. I just, you know, didn't. I just I wasn't thinking about it. And then when they named him yesterday, I was like, "Wait, well, yeah, Steve Robinson? That's super exciting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. Former head coach at Tulsa took Tulsa to two, uh, two consecutive uh, NCAA tournaments. Huge for Tulsa, obviously. He was at Florida State for six seasons, went to the tournament with Florida State, and like I said, has been Roy Williams' right-hand guy for the last 26 years. Tons of experience and uh, high-level experience, good recruiter as well, and an excellent coach. So the staff is complete. Jack Murphy, the associate head coach, Ricky Foix, Steve Robinson, you got Jason Gardner, and T.J. Benson, Benson underneath uh, head coach Tommy Lloyd. It's a good group of assistants. I like the work ethic. I like their resumes. And I think it's going to work out extremely well for Tommy Lloyd, who's an excellent coach himself. So getting already excited for U of A basketball. <laughs> and it's not even September yet. But that's what we do here in Tucson, right? Always excited for U of A basketball. It's a thing. We still got an hour to go here. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 Alliance, NFL, MLB, and a whole, whole lot more. Stick around. We're right back after this on the Jeff Dean Show, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.